this is Top Quality Faith Ministries podcast, a multicultural global church mandated by God the Father to love and to serve as an instrument of the body of Christ. This is the house where God builds top quality faith in his people. Wherever you are listening from, we pray that you are blessed by today's message. Lord, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for the revelation that will continue to go forward in this house that will cause change. Lord, not only for the revelation that causes change, but for the people to really understand who they are in you. And that signs and wonder come forth as a result of what they believe. Because I know it's about believing. And not only believing, but seeing past this world into the space that we're destined for a lifetime. And so even now, Lord, I thank you for your word as we move forward in you. So I'll start off with the most simplest thing. Hey, do you guys recall receiving the most fabulous gift? And, and what did that gift look like? You know, it was something you expected, and I'll say it from your parents. Maybe it would have been for a birthday, a holiday, or something like that, and it was just spot on. You asked for it, and you received it, and it was just like, oh my God, this is what I got. And so I can recall a time where my mom literally came and told us, she said, You know, this year for the Christmas holiday, she said, things are looking bright. And whatever you guys want, I'll get it. Now, we were in the past accustomed to, you know, that one thing, if you understand. Because you had to pick one thing out of the many things that you could have. But this time it was endless. She didn't say one thing. She said, whatever you want. And so in my mind, I wanted a 10-speed, okay? And normally, holidays, you know, you get the standard clothing, but I didn't care about clothing. Every year that we had that one thing, we end up getting clothing, and I couldn't stand it, you know, uh, because all the neighbors got toys and stuff, and we got clothing. And to me, it wasn't fun because they would be like, oh, where's your presents? It's these clothes, okay? And it never felt comfortable because you got these clothes. And so in return, I got things on top of clothes. And so I remember my sister said she wanted a leather coat. You want a leather coat? I want that. But see, I was a little concerned because if I asked, If my sister asked for something because she was older, it would automatically rule in her favor. I would get whatever she got, okay? So if she wanted a leather coat, I got one. Yuck, okay? If she wanted clothing, I got the same identical clothing. And she had a body and I didn't, okay? So it just didn't work out for me, okay? (laughs) And so in that, she asked for clothing. She asked for a leather coat. Oh my goodness, look what I'm gonna get, okay? And I tried to convince her to say, no, we don't want that, we want this instead. But it just didn't work out. My mom had registered leather coat. Then I kept insisting on a bike. My sister didn't want a bike because she fell off a bike and she never really cared for bikes. But I wanted a bike. And so that morning came and there were two bikes. There were leather coats, there were clothing, and I was floored. My sister looks over and says, I don't want that bike. She said, you could have it. I had two bikes. And I was jumping up and down because I had two bikes. Well, she would never ride hers, so I had two bikes. So in essence, I got more. Leather coat and stuff, I can't recall even considering being excited about it, but I was excited about it. But I had a bike. And I had a bike for any of my friends that would come over. 
and we could ride together. And so that was so exciting to me, okay? So we're gonna stop there. And as you reminisce on that, what about being invited to the most exciting party? And when you got to the most exciting party, it was more than what you thought that party was going to look like, whether it was a wedding, whether it was your own birthday party, or whatever it is, it was something that really stood out to you. What did it look like? What did the excitement come with it? What made it so spectacular for you? What made you stop to say, oh my goodness? And as you look back, keep in mind, this is something that will go forward. We're invited to the most amazing party. And we're invited to not only the most amazing party, but at that amazing party, there will be amazing gifts handed out. Will you have the same excitement? Will you have the same joy? Will you be overflowing to the point to where you will just be in tears to where you're just crying because it's unbelievable to you? Well, let's go into the book of Daniel. And if we can go to Daniel 7, verses 27. I believe Jesus is talking about this beautiful time. And in having a conversation about this beautiful time, what does that look like to you guys? But first, he's telling you who you are, which I constantly try to get you guys to see. Who are you? Daniel 7.27 and the kingdom and the dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High. His kingdom shall be an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. Did you see that? He said he was going to give you a kingdom, an everlasting kingdom. And then he said that all will serve him. Do not you see what's coming? Is there excitement about what he's offering? And if there's excitement, how do you prepare for what's coming? What do you need to do to obtain what he's offering? And the funny part about it is, all you had to do was to say, yes, Lord. Wow. Think about that fabulous gift you got. What did you have to do to attain it? I know when I had to get the bikes, I had to be good. I had to stay out of my mom's way. I had to make sure that I didn't get on her nerves in order to receive it. But in this one, all I had to do was say yes to a kingdom. Yes to belong to Christ. And that's all that matters. Let's go to the next scripture. Because now we know, wow, we have something coming. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. makes you stop to think. Because he's talking to you, but he's inviting you into something that he has prepared for you. And he's literally saying, come. First Peter 
1 Peter 2, chapter 9 and 10. But, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called, out, called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So we're people. And, and can we read that a little bit slower? What kind of people are we? Say that again. Royal priesthood. See, when I hear that, I see myself dressed up in royalty. I see myself standing before the king. I see the glory and the honor that everyone around me is offering him. And I see myself without words. For the king is ever so in my presence. For the king is ever so walking alongside of me. Our first scripture was about a kingdom that we were going to become a part of. And now the second part is about a kingdom that I belong to. And in that kingdom, I am considered to be royalty. I look in the audience and I could see, oh my God, you guys all arrayed. I see this huge hat that's rested with diamonds and jewels. That's old Randia. I see her in the most fabulous garment ever. And what we would say cover up, she has it to where she's not even covered up because she's so beautifully awake. I see a skirt that comes down that matches the top of the garment. And in that, she's not focused on what she has nor anybody focus on what they have, but they're focused in on the king. I see many dancing. I see many arrayed in these most excellent garments. And what I hear him echoing throughout the place is well done. And I just constantly hear him saying, well done. I see many of us looking around as if we weren't going to make it, but we're here. I see many of us in full agreement of our identity. We're no longer in that place where we're trying to say, I'm not this, or I'm not that. You embraced it. But the funny part about what I'm looking at, it's not future, it's now. It's not something that we're destined. Because when he showed me India, he didn't show me her older. He showed me as she was. And then I began to see what was over the top of her head. And then he showed me all the way to her feet. And as I continued to look, well, I don't know why, but this must be something God loves as well. Because I then looked at Agnes, and she has gloves of gold. <laughs> and I said, Lord, gloves of gold? <laughs> and so it's not just she's fighting as a lifestyle, but she's fighting for him. And so he shows me she has these beautiful gloves of gold. I don't even know how she's holding on to them. But they're gloves of gold. And they're beautifully arrayed, and it go perfectly with her outfit. And so I see someone would have on boxing glove, but I see the feminine 
witness of the woman coming forward. And she stands in total honor to the king. And if I take you guys back and have you to look, I would love to have the scripture there so they could see it. I would love to have the scripture there so they could see it. The last one you just read. Mm-hmm. It's so precious. Can you read it slowly? I am a chosen person, chosen by God. A royal priesthood. I am part of the royal priesthood. A holy nation. Wow, we are a holy nation. God's special possession. <laughs> special possession. God's special, so I am God's special possession. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So I'm declaring the praises of him. And the praises of him is the simple, holy, holy, holy. (laughs) Because he called me out of a place of darkness into a place of light. And, and he's the one that's lighting the way for me. Yes. You guys see it? Yes. Because if you could see it, then you know who you are. And if you know who you are, then you know what he requires of you. Let's go a little bit further. Next scripture. Yeah, finish. Did you guys hear that? Once I wasn't a people. I was all caught up in my own self, doing my own thing, and being satisfied in the things in which I did, thinking that it was the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now... I see the light and the life of the light that constantly encourages me for something better. But now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy. Let me, let me make sure I say, now you are the people of God. It is my acceptance of him He's not looking for a perfect person, and this is where I think we constantly fall short because we're striving for perfection, and God's not looking for the perfect person. And we're always looking to be, oh, in right standing, but that comes from childhood, right? Wanting to please our parents, right? Wanting to please our teacher, wanting to do things in order to get rewards, okay? And he's literally saying, I accept you as you are. I think many times we find ourselves in that position trying to be better and and it does not better us, it only hinders us. Because we see things not as he sees things and we see things as in, I gotta fix this, I gotta get this right, I gotta get that right, and the Lord says no. He says I chose you in this place with your flaws. But I really want to stop and say, I chose you in this place with your flaws because many of you guys trying to fix the flaws, but the flaws are what brings people in. The crazy things in which others have done is what brings them in. I sit back and I make you guys laugh because I was made out to be a bad girl (laughs) last week. And I thought it was the greatest thing of all because the two gentlemen that came to church last week, one of the gentlemen said, 
I can tell mom must have had a difficult life like us because she's able to minister to us in places like nobody knows, but we know, like nobody knows our secret, but she knows our secret somehow. So she had to walk along the side of the road that we walked because it's something in her that pulls me. And so we were all sitting in my garage in the heat of the day and we're talking about our lives. And I began to share out with him an event. And I did not know that this would bring out everything that they struggled. I said, in my younger years, I delivered drugs. One time. And I was ashamed of it. But I didn't know I was really delivering it to I had it in my hand. Does that make sense? And so I have it in my hand and I have this package and it was a flat-like package. And I could hear my brother on the phone telling the person that, hey, this is my sister, she's just gonna drop this off because he literally said, can you drop something off for me? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, he said, you're going home, right? I said, yeah. He said, this is on your way, can you drop this off for me? And you know in your mind, nobody's gonna tell you to drop off drugs, right? Okay. Especially a family member's not going to put you in harm's way and tell you to drop off drugs, okay? And so, so in return, he's like, you're going up the street. He said, hey, stop by this particular place and just drop this off. This guy's going to meet you at the corner. Okay, fine, sure, okay. You know, and then I'm sitting there and I could hear the negotiation behind the scenes and I'm like, oh my God, what did I agree with? But it's too late for me to get out of it and say, oh no, I don't do that. So I take the package, I put it in my car, and then I freak out. And just so happened, my auntie is standing at the bus stop and I see her. And she lives on the same street where over these people live. I put her in the car and I say, if the police going to pull me over, he's never gonna pull me over and they see an old person and a little kid driving around. This is my thought process then. And so I say, Auntie! Oh, you're waiting on the bus? She's like, girl, I haven't seen you in a long time. I hadn't seen her in I don't know how many years. I know it was God sent. She got in the car with me. I wrote comfortably to drop it off. I handed it out of the window, I let her go home down the street, and I left. I then sat back and said, what the heck did I do? Mm-hmm. At that particular point, I began to distance myself from that person because I didn't trust ever being put in that situation again. But I didn't know that that story would bring forth stories for others. Yes. Because of what we have on the inside of us, that is in our eyes, negative. God uses it for the good of the kingdom. And so when he says, you're a royal priesthood, he's talking about all that stuff that you got in you. That's what makes you royalty. He don't want an empty vessel. Get it? He don't want something that can't be used by no man. Because it's too perfect, he can't use it. If if it's all arrayed in in beauty, he can't use it. And so he calls you royalty because you don't look like it. And you're not trying to become royalty. He'd left them outside. And he's saying, no, I want you. Because what makes you royalty is what's on the inside of you. The things that I can use in the kingdom. And the funny part about it, God lets so much stuff into the kingdom. (laughs) But the stuff that you think he wants, he won't let you bring it in. Because he knows that it's not beneficial to him. 
Because his whole purpose of the kingdom is to free the enslaved. And you have something that is vital to the kingdom that at one point enslaved you. And so therefore, he's now in this particular position that he's literally saying to you, come on in, you're royalty, bring it in. And you're saying, but, 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 this stuff got to go. And the Lord said, no, I can use it. If you would let me. That's the key. If you will let me. Because some of the stuff that we are ashamed of, we tend to package it different. We tend to not even give the king access to it. Because the king says, I'm going to remove the sting from it. And I'm going to cause you to see it in a different way. And I'm going to catch fish with it. Because they need that type of bait. Okay, get it? Because everybody don't come with the same type of bait. So they need the bait that you have. But in many situations, you don't want to tell nobody about it. Because you don't recognize who you are. Because if you recognize who you are, you're not ashamed of where you've been. But many of us don't recognize who we are, so we're ashamed of where we've been. And, and, and we tend to hide things. As if God doesn't see it. It's just like, you know, when as an adult, I would go into my children's room and expect it after they say they cleaned it up. And I start pulling things from under the bed and pulling things out of the closet, pulling things out of the drawers and say, what did I say about this stuff? But when God pulls them out of the closet and pulls them from underneath the bed, he says, this is stuff I'm going to use. But all he's asking is that you give it to him. But when you're royal, and the king asks for something, you give it to it. Because you understand the relationship you have with the king. Better yet, even if you don't understand the relationship, you understand your position in the kingdom. Every single one of us have the signature ring of the king. We can perform works on his behalf. This is how valuable he sees us. He's literally said, I'm giving you my signature ring. And you can perform the works of the kingdom on my behalf. He said, do not you see who you are and what I've given you? He said, do not you recognize what you possess? He said, do not you see why the things that you hold secret is something that I can use? He says, the king doesn't condemn anyone. He gives everybody an opportunity. He only goes against those who goes against him. And even in that, he gives them every opportunity to change. And he's constantly asking them for what they are hiding. Because he knows that that's what's hindering them from being royalty. He literally says to me, will each of you see what I have for you? He said, don't look at it in future tense, but see it now. And if you see it, open yourself up to share the things that he so desperately need 
to use to save others. And so I go back to this conversation with these two guys in the garage. And they were like, I told you mama had some stuff in her. I told you mom had some crazy stuff in her. Say she, she dealt with drugs. I'm like, no, I didn't, <laughs> okay? No, I didn't. And then all of a sudden they sent me some stuff about themselves. And stuff where they used to walk. And I said, oh, praise God for your redemption. I said, now you shared it with me. Now, how many people can you free? But it took an incident like that. I didn't know that God was later on going to use it in my life. It was something I was ashamed of. I would never tell anybody I deliver drugs. But yet I did. I would never tell anybody that, oh, I was affiliated with a drug dealer. But yet I was. And then they began to talk about their battles. And then they began to talk about even their family members. And then I could see in them the rejection. I can see them with them the desire to belong. Because in the midst of what they're going, they lost parents. And in some instance, they were being led down that same path. But somehow God stopped them. And so you never know how valuable you are to the king. And you never know what you possess that the king needs access to. Let's look at this a little bit further. But now you have received mercy. So if I have mercy, should I be concerned with Oh, gosh, what I've done wrong. You guys understand mercy, right? There's no punishment. So I could talk about something I, I, I didn't do. Okay, no shame, right? Because I remember them days when I used to get whooping. I wouldn't talk about it. But when I got freedom from that whooping, I would be like, oh, shoot, and I didn't get a whooping. Okay, I would talk about every single time. She didn't whoop me. I remember a day that I decided to tell my mama, and I didn't get a whooping. I didn't even get pushed to a room. But then I tried it again, and I got kicked out the house. <laughs> What I'm literally saying, when I tried it the first time, because I spoke truth, I didn't get in trouble. And then I thought it was like, oh, well, shoot, I didn't get whooping for that. Let's try this again. I didn't know it was going to kick me out the house. She said, lock all the doors. Don't let her in the house until I get home. But me being the bad kid. That's when we used to have the sliding windows. I don't know if any of you guys know about that, that little sliding window. You can slide out the glass just enough to slide your body back into the house. And I said, y'all think y'all going to lock me out? <laughs> but in there, there was still no punishment. Because my mom realized Wait a minute, I locked her. I said, you locked me out? You weren't going to feed me? You weren't going to do this? And when I brought all this stuff up, and I'm like, and you know, back then, you could even say, I can go to the police station, which I dared to say. But I was yeah. like, Every, if the neighbors see me, you, all you got to do is say the neighbors see me, because that was one of the great things you could say. The yeah, neighbors see so. me, okay? Yeah. And then the neighbors seeing you, you don't want to have a bad name. So my mom was like, let her back in. Yeah. Yeah. But this is the stuff that I would really readily be ashamed of. But this is the stuff that God uses to catch fish. 
catches fish with the craziest bait. The craziest bait. Let's go a little bit further. We're done with that. I think we're done with authority because we don't need that. And so now, Revelation 1, verses 5 and 6. Let's look at what that says. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from, from our sins by his blood, and has made us to be a kingdom and priest to serve his God and Father, to him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. So he's literally saying, wait a minute, he's freed you from your sin. But I'm not free. And the reason why I'm not free, because I'm ashamed of what my sin looks like. So it said, to the praise, to the glory, to the honor. Where's the praise, the glory, to the honor come from if I'm still hiding? Get it? There's no praise, there's no honor, there's no glory. Because the things that he's supposed to have brought me through, I haven't applied the mercy to it. And so therefore, there's no praise, there's no honor, there's no glory unto the king because in essence, I'm still held captive. I'm still enslaved to my past. You guys got that, right? Because when I'm unwilling to really let go, then I'm still in bondage to it. I literally stopped Precious from reading the next uh, part of it, and it was about slaves. We're no longer enslaved. I remember back in the old days, and I don't know if you guys grew up when I grew up, but they had an offer, but they had times when they would put slavery on the TV. And it would literally make me angry after it was over with. And I couldn't understand why I was so angry, okay? It was like everybody would go in the house to watch it, and then everybody would come out of the house and the neighborhoods, and they would be angry at the fact that what they watched. There was no enjoyment of it. It was like they were putting us back in a state of bondage. And we were reliving something even though we wasn't in it. And it was really affecting our identity. And then I finally got wisdom and I said, I need to stop watching this. Because it was causing me to feel enslaved. It was working on the inside of me something negative. Instead of working out of me into something positive because I couldn't find my freedom in that. Because my freedom didn't reside in the hands of man, it was in Christ. So do you get it? It's like the enemy constantly brings things back to you to work what? Your past back. And then you do more of the hiding. Oh no, they see me again. Let me hide that. Let me close that door. Let me lock you out. And if it looks like something that you've done that now that you're saved, you really don't want to talk about it. But you have to understand, as Christ says, it was there before we got here. Yeah. So what are you ashamed of? This stuff been here before we got here. What are you ashamed of? I want to share a movie with you because the Holy Spirit just said, I want you to share a movie. A lot of times you guys don't listen to watch movies to the extent that I watch. That's why I would love to sit down and have movie night with some of you and really get you to see what's going on behind the scenes because there's always a spiritual part of it. Yeah. 
that unbeknown to you that you're brought into. I was talking to someone, and the Holy Spirit shared with me, home alone. All of you guys ain't home alone, right? And you have no clue. It's a little boy that's at home. But he has siblings that he dislikes morally, okay? He's got two brothers that kicks him and does stupid stuff to him. Okay, well, he got a brother and a cousin, okay? Because it's a brother and a cousin. But it's the brother most of all. And the brother does stupid things and then turn around and step back and say, there you go, right? There you go, look at your son. But for some reason or another, if you ever paid attention to it, the mother gives that son a lot of attention. Yeah. If you ever paid attention to this movie. Uh, she gives this little kid a lot of attention. And so the older kid may be a little bit jealous of the attention that the little one gets. And then if you look at the younger one, he looks more favorable like the family. Okay? <laughs> Making sure that you guys see that. Because the other one doesn't really look like the family, right? Okay? So in looking at this story, I want to take you to a scene that's what's most important. He's left alone. And these two guys out of nowhere, they are house robbers. He comes in and just so happens to look out the window and see, oh my God, they're trying to rob the neighbor's house. At one point, he's, not, he's moved, but he's not moved. But then, his, name, his house name is on the list, too, that they went on vacation as well. And so they're checking to make sure that when they knock on that door, that nobody answers. Because his brother is so unruly, he has ways to get back to his brother, right? Training at home. Hopefully you guys get it. You learn through your family, training at home. So he learns how to beat these bandits by manipulating them as his brother manipulates him. Smart kid. Pay attention to what you're saying and what you're looking at. I'm going to fast forward to a scene that really, really causes you to see things. And so... There's this one point in time that he's running from them, and he runs to the park. And when he gets to the park, there's the bird lady. Oh my God, there's the bird lady. But as the Lord was showing me the bird lady, he sees the bird lady, and what did he do? <coughs> Puts on his brakes, turns around and runs the opposite way, and then he reminds himself, I'm not scared. Remember? He turns around and he comes back and says, I'm not scared. And the reason why he's not scared, because he's been battling this stuff all his life. And not only is it that he's battling all this stuff all his life, he has two people trying to destroy his house. And he's not afraid, and he's standing against it. So why would he be afraid of the bird lady? Wow, you guys see it so far. But the Holy Spirit says, I want now to have you to look in the spirit realm and begin to look at the bird lady. She then throws out these seeds, and all the birds come in. Grab a hold of it. But others see her in the park and they're afraid of her. And so the Lord showed me, I want you to look at the action in a spirit realm. And I want you to see what the enemy does. 
look at the woman. He shows me the woman standing as if she is the enemy. And all of the birds that sits and rest upon her move at her command. She throws out the seed and they do everything to devour every single crumb that's on the ground. Hear what I'm saying. Listen to what I'm saying. And what normally happens, hear what I'm saying, is that they will eat everything in sight. Now when people come, there's some bold birds. Okay? Some of them gonna keep eating. Get what I'm saying? Others are going to fly away. But the ones that keep eating are 99% of the time the ones that's not afraid of man. Hear what the Lord is saying. Satan has his way of throwing the seeds out based on your ouch, your pain, your scream. And he sends his demonic forces to attach itself to you. The ones that's left behind are normally the strongholds that are left in your life. And because you're unwilling to release these things to God, they continue to feed in your life. They're not afraid of people praying. They're not afraid of the things that comes along your path. They cling to you because you cling to it. Because you're afraid to release it. Because in your fear of releasing, you think somebody going to see you as something other than royalty. They're going to take away my garments. He said, not today. They're going to take away my kingdom authority. Not today. They're going to take away my livelihood. Not today. He said, because I have taught you to war in your household. Because a little boy was taught to war. He was taught to stand. He was taught to overcome. God has taught you to overcome, to war, to stand, and to fight through this. Let's look at this scene again. Because when you stop to look at birds, they will walk around. And they're going to come back when the people walk away. Do you understand? And they're going to find every single grain on the ground. Do you get it? To devour it. How do you know that? Many of you like to sit in outdoor patios, right? Yes, go to a restaurant, they got an outdoor patio. Ooh, outdoor patio for me. I'm gonna be in the sunlight, people gonna walk by, I'm gonna watch them, I get to eat my food, it's great. They always have a sign saying, don't feed the birds. It's the silliest sign ever. Know why? Because they're always feeding the birds themselves. Because they wipe off the table and they just swoop it straight to the floor. And so what happens? The birds come along and they take up what's on the ground. And if you ever notice, they're just hopping, like hopping. And they're looking for you not to pay attention. And all they're doing is taking. That's the way the enemy, because they're listening to your conversation. They know you're not going to move. So they can hop all around because they know you're so caught up in your conversation sharing your great news. Pay attention. Because sometimes when you pay attention, you understand how the enemy moves. And so as they're watching your great conversation, guess what? They're just picking up. And then some of them, they get so bold, they come right between your feet, right? And they take what's there. 
And so if you can look at that in the same way that the enemy takes what's in front of you, and the whole reason that he could take something is because he knows you're holding on to something. Because you're afraid of being seen. And God is literally saying, I see you. And we know he sees us, right? Because he tells us all about ourselves and he has prophets walk up to us and tell us, so why are you hiding the stuff? Imagine a king with a bunch of servants that's scared. He comes out and he says, let's march through the city so that they can see my kingdom. Look at you guys. Look at you guys. And he wants them on display because he wants the king, those who are looking at the kingdom, to come in. But they can't come in because you guys are still running away from the birds. And you're allowing them to feed on you. Because you're trying to hide everything that's in you. When God said, come as you are. Oh, that meant clothing. <laughs> oh, I just missed it. That meant clothing, right? Did it? clothing and then some of you guys said heard come as you are and it meant clothing to you it said dress up because you know they're gonna dress down because you're gonna stand out but you're standing out because you're standing out because of what you've been through yeah he wants to see the battle scars yeah don't you get it because people are gonna come in with the battle scars Get it? You guys felt to hear the song that King David, they sung about King David? Remember the song that they were singing about King David? That he killed how many people? And so, and Saul, Saul was trying to get them to sing the song about him? And he had no battle scars? I'm the one that did the work. No, you didn't. Did it? And he's walking, waiting on them to say something about him. Sing about me, sing about me. And he's angry because they're not singing about him. Because he wants to take the glory for something he didn't do. And sometimes we want to take the glory, but we didn't do nothing. So it's okay to show your scars. Because that's how he gets the glory. You guys, hear the message. We just did Revelations 5 and 6, and now we're at Revelation 5, 9, and 10. 5, verse 9, and 10. Again, this is just all about you coming into who you are and stop hiding your royalty. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. Wow, what did he just say? You are worthy to take the scroll. And because he went to the cross, he was slain for us. So if he did the work, then why are we hiding? So you don't recognize the work that was done for you? 
And so you're still in that place of shame? Or do you recognize the freedom that God has given you and you're walking in the victory because you're saying this stuff can't hold me down no more? Can't hold me down. Can't hold me back. And so the Lord is saying, light up. And you still like this. Do I get in line? Do I get in line? I don't want people to see me. Then again, you don't want people not to see you. So which way do you want it? <laughs> you know, I love to put Paul on the spot because he's so funny to me. Friday night in Bible study when we were going home, I could tell he was still moved by something. And I was trying to get him out of his comfort zone. And he has a way of doing Martin, you know. Uh, what's, the, what's the lady name? Yes, you do. What's the lady name? Shanene. He is skilled in demonstrating Shanene. That when he say, oh my God, okay, it's just like flows like perfect, okay? And I was telling him, show us, show us, show us. Come on, show us. <laughs> Nobody gets to see that unless I'm in a play. Nobody gets to see that unless I'm here. And I'm like, but it's freeing to people. This is what you do. You, you hide the best gifts. Because the gifts is what frees. Hopefully you guys got what I'm saying. But you hide this stuff because you don't want nobody to know. But there was a way you reacted when you were coming through it. And that way still exists. And God is literally saying, hey, don't take that off. And you say, I got to take that off. Because it represents the world. And, and in taking things off, you're taking off Christ. Because Christ want to be known as funny. Okay? He wants to not always be the stiff guy. And that's what we want to offer people is the stiffness of Christ. Who can come in the stiffness of Christ? Don't you get it? Okay. So in that place, it is so important that you don't lose character. Yeah. Exactly. So this is about identity. Yeah. So your identity still got to stick. Okay? Yeah. And get rid of the stuff by letting God use it. Get it? Get rid of the stuff by letting God use it. And it won't sting anymore. Because yeah. he takes away the sting. Scripture says it. He said, so he says, where's your sting? The sting gets because you're still holding on to it. But when you let go, there's no sting. So hear what the Spirit of the Lord is trying to get you into. And I love it when he parades us. We will be able to say, oh, my God, look at them. Oh, true battle, true battle. Oh, God, look at that warrior. Look what they came through. Look what they're doing. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't even see why that one's still standing. Because that's what's going to transform and change. Okay? Did we read all of it? Nine and ten. Okay, my last one. Second Timothy 2, 11 and 12. The saying is trustworthy for if we have died with him, we have also lived with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. But if we deny him, he will also deny us. Oh, so Lord, I, I ain't giving you that stuff. I don't care what pastor say. 
That's a denial. Can't rain. Can't rule. Because you're denying who you are. Exactly. And if any of you guys look at some of the people he chose, he chose them because they had something weird to offer. Okay? <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't have this great stuff. They, they did stuff that was weird. Okay? Weird. I look at Gideon. Gideon always wanted a confirmation. Well, if I put this fleece out here, Lord, if you're there, then I would, I, I would totally be it. What I love about King David is toward the end of his life, they put a woman in the bed with him because they knew that he was what? One that was a womanizer at one point in time in his life. And they said, oh, he will surely move. But that nice chick next to him, he going to move. <laughs> and then you look at Peter. That always wanted to be the first in line to do everything. And then he denies. You look at Nicodemus, the night man. That wants to slip around at midnight. Don't want nobody to know who he is. But yet he's there. You look at Samson, man of great power and strength, but falls short because he's got one dazzling woman that he can't seem to uh, keep close. So she t he tells every secret of God. And as you look at them, every single one of them have issues. You know, they always portray Mary Magdalene as this prostitute. Still today, she's portrayed as this prostitute. But you'll hear her over there saying, oh, stop this. I need to come down from heaven and tell you guys who I really was. Because she's not concerned with her identity. Get it? She's okay because she knows her past has been forgiven. Hopefully you see. And so if we go back to the first scripture, what was the first scripture? Did I take you back to the first? Daniel 7.27. And what did it say? What did it say I am? Exactly. So I got to begin to operate and act like it. And not be afraid of my past entanglements. Hear what the Spirit of the Lord says. So the next time when you see that bird swoop down and you see them picking up all that stuff, you're going to be like, oh, I ain't letting it get attached to me. Because then you're going to recognize on the inside of you, oh, my God. A lot of us are running from things. But the main thing that, that the issue here with this round boy, he faced fear. Half of the stuff is just fear. The chief in this situation was fear. Okay, all the mother little birds were just little things that attach itself, that can attach itself because fear is there. Don't you get it? So when you're looking at the little boy, the little boy says, I'm not afraid. Now, if he had, a been, had been afraid, he would have never found his victory in the end because she was the one that helped him at the end. Did you get it? At the end, when he ran, he knew exactly where to go because he knew that they would be afraid. 
So she became a source of life for him because he dealt with his fear. Half of the time, y'all trying to get off judgment, y'all trying to get off this, y'all trying to get off that, anger, unforgiveness, all of that. But the real issue is you fear that your character going to be exposed, not realizing you ain't got a character outside of Christ anyway, so let it be exposed. Hear what the Spirit of the Lord says to you. Praise be to God. And so even now, Lord, you brought this message of identity because you wanted the people to release some of the things that they're holding on to. And so even now, Lord, I look to you for their freedom because I can't free them. But I know that freedom lies in their embrace of you and their embrace of who they are in you. And Lord, as they look forward and look backwards and they begin to pay attention to all things, I ask even now that they're no longer held in bondage to the things of their past. And that the word that was displayed here brought forth freedom. I pray even now that Satan no longer has the ability to work against them. But even if he does, they recognize the victory that you continue to bring forward. And in that place of victory, Lord, I ask that your perfect and divine will go forward. I pray for those who may not have salvation and I'll say the simple thing. It's not what you have done. It's what he's done for you. And if you understand that he died for all your sins, all you have to do is say, Lord, I choose to be a part of you. And in choosing to be a part of him, he'll do the rest. And so even now, Lord, I ask that the blessing of your kingdom continue to go forward in your people, that those listening in may come all the way in and take their place in the kingdom, for they shall rule and reign, not only in this lifetime, but in the lifetime to come. And Lord, I know even now that as you've sent this message, you remind them of who they are in you. And so I thank you. And I bless the people. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If God is building top quality faith in your life through this ministry, we pray that you will partner with us by giving. You can visit our website, tqfm.org. Also, remember to subscribe for more messages like this.